Hello, 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 everyone, and welcome back. Welcome back. My name is Joe, aka Joe the Wellness Curator, and this is the Obsidian Mindset Podcast, where we are redefining what wellness means to you. This is episode six, my food source. So let's just jump right into it with our quotes and affirmations. So like y'all already know, I like to start each day off right with a meditation as well as a quote affirmation. Uh, Like I said before, it's really just to set the vibe for the day, right? I really feel like I notice how my day progresses, um, usually on a better note, when I started off grounded in affirmation meditation. So, um, like I usually say, what I state in the morning, it usually always comes to fruition or it's a message that some, some way I knew I needed, or it'll end up coming in throughout my day. So, you know, just stand, you, especially when, you know, life gets crazy and, you know, you just need that extra oomph. That's what this is here for. Um, so today's affirmation is my environment aligns with my current energy. One more time, my environment aligns with my current energy. Continue breathing in and out. Just be present for a second. Stay with me for the next 30 seconds. I know you have the option to turn this off or fast forward, but just give yourself the next 30 seconds to be here and be present. This is for you. Breathe in for four, out for four. Relax and unclench your jaw. Clench your feet and feel grounded wherever you are. I want you to follow your breaths. Inhale for four. Exhale for four. Now say the affirmation again. My environment aligns with my current energy. Continue to breathe. Follow your breath. Respect your breathing. Really think about what the affirmation is saying. Now focus on your environment. Reflect on your physical environment and how it impacts your daily life. How are you impacted when your room or your living space or your workspace is clean and organized? How are you impacted when it's unorganized and chaotic? Does it not impact you? Or have you never noticed? That doesn't mean it's not important. Just something to reflect on. Breathe in for four and out for four. How are you in control of your environment? How are you creating a space that will nurture and hold the best version of you? Does that mean cleaning up your work desk? Does that mean adding vibrant plants and and art into your space? Does that mean adding more light or moving your desk into a certain way so that you can have more light into your room or see outside? How are you making your energy align with your, your environment or vice versa? Inhale for four, exhale for four. What does an aligned environment look like? What does an aligned environment feel like? See it. Be with it. Feel it. Inhale for four. Exhale for four. Thank you for being with me. Okay, so now that we're grounded, let's talk about the next dimension of wellness, environmental wellness. 
Now, what does that mean? Does that mean what the gym looks like? Maybe. Does that mean um, I'm working outside with nature? I'm walking? Maybe. Um, but what I really mean by environmental wellness is basically it inspires us to live a lifestyle that is respectful of our surroundings. This realm encourages us to live in harmony with the earth by taking care of it and protecting it. Environmental well-being promotes interaction with nature and your personal environment. Everyone can have a strong environmental consciousness simply by raising your awareness. So from our meditation and this definition, there are two aspects of environmental wellness, right? There is the first aspect, which is my physical surrounding, right? My room, my home, my house, my my, uh, car space. And the second aspect is the earth. It's nature. It's air. It's water. We only have one planet, right? Um, So for this part, I want to talk a little bit about personal space first, and then we'll get to the more environmental piece or the nature piece after. Um, So when's the last time that you've cleaned your room, right? I mean, like really cleaned. Like, I don't know about you, but when I do a really good cleaning of my apartment or space, it feels like I'm ready for battle. Like, I just feel like energized and ready to go. Um, and I mean, even cleaning the cleaning, the aspect of cleaning itself is therapeutic if I'm in the mood. Um, but you know, I don't know if it's the smell of the, 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 the cleaning supplies or it's the actual like feel of cleanliness, or even if it's the lightness of the space, right. Or the way the sun or the warmth come into the a clean space, it really hits different, at least for me. And then on the flip side, when the area of my apartment's cluttered and it feels heavy and uninviting and somehow it invites more cluster, right? And, you know, interestingly enough, it's, it affects me and it affects my mind. I'm sure others can relate that, like, if my living space is cluttered and, I'm, and, and, it, and it doesn't feel inviting, it doesn't feel warm, it doesn't feel like the, I can see the sun, then my work... It, it, the performance just is not going. Like my work, my mind does not work at 100% capacity. Like things are just going to be an uphill battle to get done. And the, but when my space is clean, when my surroundings is organized, when it smells like that that uh, pine saw or whatever the smell is, um, or detol, if you, it depends on which which where you're from, and, uh, it, your mind just becomes relaxed, right? And it becomes easier to work, and it it's it's in it it's in a good space to get things done. Um, so what does this mean? And I mean, there's a lot of studies about this, right? Uh, they note that clutter sometimes makes us less productive. Some say it triggers coping mechanisms. Some say it triggers avoidance strategies that make us either want to snack more or watch TV or do something mindless. And, you know, that's that was one study or one interpretation. And But it is amazing to see how if I keep a tidy space, it affects the way we sleep. It affects the way we eat properly, the way we work out. It affects how anxious we are. And I mean, I'm not going to lie. There have been times when I've been super busy at work and I don't keep my apartment to or, uh, in order. So let's be real. Um, especially as a descendant of a Jamaican household, the hi- there's a high standard for a clean apartment. Um, but once this happens, it's usually a snowball effect. And like my energy feels a little drained, a little bit heavier. I feel a bit sluggish and lethargic. And it's kind of like a snowball effect. And then my eating sometimes is affected and I'm not in the mood to do certain things like cook. So it's like in these spaces, when this happens as well, I don't feel like writing. I don't feel like creating, um, nor do I want to work out or be active. So it's very interesting how like there's a connection sometimes with the, in our physical environment and then how we feel and what our mood is. Um, so that's just something to uh, think about. 
And according to this article called What Does Clutter Do to Your Brain and Body by Libby Sander, uh, the visual dis- she says the visual distraction of clutter increases cognitive overload and can reduce our working memory. So is that why I'm forgetting stuff all the time? Um, in 2011, neuroscience uh, researchers found using fMRI, which is functional magnetic resonance imaging, and other psychological uh, measurements found clearing clutter from your home or work environment resulted in better abilities to focus and process information as well as increased productivity. Sander also notes uh, that other studies conclude that being in a messy room will make you twice as likely to eat a chocolate bar over an apple, and people extremely cluttered homes are 77% more likely to be overweight. So once again, these studies are not always 100% representative or accurate, but you know, overall, your environment does affect your mental, your physical, and your emotional. And you know, it's sometimes a potential reciprocal relationship. So I'm not telling you that you need to go clean your room right now, but I need you to go ahead and take a look of your surroundings right now. And what, what does that make you feel? How does that make you feel? Do you feel like you're 100% best when you're in this space? How can you fix that right now? Do a quick little audit your space. Do you have a, a little bag of clothes that you've been meaning to give away for the last couple months and haven't done it? That was a read to myself, by the way. Um, but if you look in your space right now, what's not working? What feels like it's a burden or a clutter or a cloud over your head in your space physically? Does it need to be cleaned? Do you need a new plant? Do you need some new art? Do you need to rotate your room so that there's more light? If we're really out here trying to be the best versions of ourselves, we also have to look at our environment and see how we, in what areas and what spaces that we feel that we're going to thrive in. Right? So with that, let's move into our next segment, which is deep dive questions. So for this segment, I will ask a prompt created by Obsidian. Uh, The prompt will consist of two questions, like you guys know. The first will be a lighter question or a question that will get us thinking. And this will either spark our interest or really want us to dive deeper and explore what else we can talk about with a more reflective question. Um, So once again, these questions are for all of us. So before we get into questions, I'm just going to wait for you to go ahead, get a piece of paper, get a pen, get or open up your notes app, whatever y'all need to do to take time to write down your thoughts, your answers and reflect, even if it's in a note app. All right. So go ahead. I'm here. I'm going to wait. You know, the usual. Go ahead. Ready? All right, let's go. So today's deep dive question, first one, is how does the earth and nature contribute to your wellness? All right, go ahead. Answer the question. I'll be right back. Listen to some jams.
All right. So I think for me, this would be a more recent discovery. Uh, I think it really involves being more present, I think, and uh, noticing how nature and earth really start to affect me. Uh, I will say that the pandemic had a little bit to do with this, just being always inside. I started to crave and want to be more outside. Uh, so maybe that, I don't know if that's rebellion or just like I'm, I start to notice after being cooped up, like the fact of being a park and in nature feels different, right? Um, so like, but even if you take a step back, the actual essence of being busy all the time, like if you're always on the go, you're always working, you're always grinding, sometimes you will miss or I notice that I will miss how nature makes me feel. Right. For me, it's it, I've learned that being outside in nature is so therapeutic. Uh, I now go for walks in my nearest park. I'll try to go daily if it's nice out. Uh, and it, it the park is surrounded by a lake and it's super peaceful. Uh, and it's also amazing to see other people just enjoying outside as well. Um, it's a very community vibe. So there's a little bit of a few things hitting at the same time. It's also amazing to just reflect on what nature is and how it's there and just being Uh I don't know. It sounds simple, but it, it, it hits different when you're just chilling. Um, I also like to work out outside. I know I discussed that before jokingly, but working out outside is pretty cool. Uh, very, it, it, it's very different than training inside. Um, you just hit a different mark, uh, different muscle groups. You just hit, it just feels, it has a different energy to it. Is it? Um, you know, and Lastly, as someone that's had or still kind of has asthma, I will never, to be honest, take breathing clean and plentiful air for granted. Um, to be able to go outside and breathe it in and out, the sweet air is always a blessing. Um, so just just think about that. Just think about the privilege of breathing, um, the privilege of breathing clean air. Uh, not many, Not everyone around the world has that option. And in moments like those, you have to practice gratitude. All right, so let's go deeper. Next question is, how are you contributing to the wellness of earth and nature? All right, take a couple minutes, seconds rather. To be honest, I'm going to say this is very, very new for me, just being more intentional with helping the earth and just what that means and what that looks like. Uh, so, yes, I know that climate change is real and, you know, I follow science, uh, but there is more. Sometimes it feels like, is there more that I should be doing? I think I were if I were just thinking about my daily life, there are certain things I do just innately, like I don't have a car. Um, I bike to work slash the gym. And I've done that for like the last couple of years. Um, if not, I use public transportation. Uh, so the question was kind of tough uh, and I wrote it. <laughs> so um, I think lastly, I do try to be intentional about like how I shop and how I eat and how that affects the planet. Um, I think 
for me, it gets a little overwhelming because you can easily like go on YouTube or go on Google or go on Netflix and watch a documentary. And it's just a rabbit hole. Right. And I know sometimes it feels like there's so much that's bad or there's so much that needs to be done, like so garbage dumping into the sea and pollution being produced and dumping oil. And you're like, ah, this is too much. Right. Like this is too much. But honestly, there's a lot going on in this world. And it's easy to get disempowered and overwhelmed. And I think there's actually people and entities and corporations that want you to feel too disempowered and not to care and just put the shutters up and not think about it. And I think it's in moments like this that you must realize, one, it's important to learn as much as you can um, and just equip yourself with knowledge. And two, realizing that any small impact, like I've been saying since the beginning of this, your small, any small impact has a changing effect. Uh, whether it's on you, whether it's someone you know, someone in your circle, uh, but it will have an effect. And, you know, even if I'm using my platform to spread awareness about something or bring someone um, along with me on this journey of treating the earth better, that's a win, right? And it doesn't mean that we all necessarily go on this full vegan diet and we put all our trash in, a, in that could fit in a mason jar, which, you know, if you do that, props to you. Uh, but similar to a wellness journey, it really starts, it's about starting wherever you are and taking baby steps. And, you know, that's the way we're going to do it. Uh, but we will be sharing more information about just environmental wellness and what you can do. Um, but stay tuned for that at a later date. Right. So we've set our affirmations. We've laid the groundwork. We've answered the question. So let's gather around and let's talk about another form of environment, my food source. So over the course of this series, I have spoke a little bit about food and relationships or my relationship with food. Um, so I want to get a little bit more intimate, discuss that in detail uh, with y'all. And like I've said, it's, food has always been a labyrinth for me. I've done a lot of research. I've done a lot of experimentation. I am no expert in this category. But, you know, over the years, I've learned a lot of things about what works for me, what works for my body, and things I should and should not be ingesting. So honestly, I've tried it all. I've tried calorie counting. I've tried uh, journaling. I've tried fad diets. I've tried juices and, and smoothies. I've tried, and I'm currently trying, um, intermittent fasting so far, you know, and so far what has worked for me the best when I is when I have quality food instead of worrying about the quantity, worrying about the calories, worrying about the macros. So yes, when it comes down to it, there is a science and right, you know, like when it comes to calories, it's the name of the game, it's energy in versus energy out. Uh, but not all calories are created equal. I've discovered that eating like high quality foods from the ground in nature, whether that's spinach and lentils or fruits and almonds and nuts, my body like will literally react differently than when I'm eating processed sugar. Um, so this is why I've included it into my environmental journey as well. So one book that has impacted my journey was The Omnivore's Dilemma, A Natural History of Four Meals by Michael Pollan. So Michael Pollan is an author and a journalist that's done extensive work in an environmental and agricultural realm. So basically like agribusiness. 
Um, in this book, he breaks down the complexities of eating as a human with so many options compared to like a cow or koala. What do they eat? Grass, leaves, respectively. While humans, there are so many varieties, so many diets, right? There's so many things um, to think about, which adds to our dilemma. Uh, he also speaks about the four basic current forms of food sources for humans. So we have the current industrial system, the big organic operation, the local sufficient farms, and the hunter gathering or hunter gatherers. Now, the way I discovered this book was I was listening to a podcast host and he was mentioning it. And he mentioned he was a vegan first, but after reading the book, it actually convinced him to begin eating meat again. And, you know, I've never heard about that perspective, right? I've always heard about people going towards veganism or vegetarian, but not the other way around, usually. Um, so it made me want to tap in. So this book is kind of what led me also to start eating more plant-based. Um, after reading this, it definitely put a lot of things in perspective. Um, in this book, however, similar to the podcast, he doesn't tell you which of the lifestyles is better. He's just out here giving you research, giving you data and having you decide because you're going to be looking at the options yourself. So he quotes, we are not only what we eat, but how we eat too. And, you know, for me, it makes sense. Like not only are we not only is the food we eat important, but how is the food being raised? How is the food being shipped to us? Uh, two big things that are, or one big thing that's really hammered home um, into this book. And, you know, I think Wu-Tang had it right with this is, yes, cash rules everything around me. But the other C that could easily be interchanged is corn. Um, corn goes into so much. It is goes into so much things that we produce, that we consume, that we use. It's it's actually kind of wild. Um, corn can be used for foods such as corn flour, corn meal, grits, sweet corn. Um, it can be used for animal feed to fatten them up, to fatten up hogs and, and chicken and cattle. And also can be used and turned into ethanol, into high fructose syrup, or even bio-based plastics. So needless to say, we grow a lot of it in the U.S., Although corn is an effective and valuable crop, using it as a main staple in American diet isn't great. It also isn't good for the environment for a litany of reasons, including animals meant for humans to eat are fed all this corn as their main diet, their only diet, instead of grass as they're intended to. So I'm thinking about cows right now. And their waste, aka their poo-poo, is literally so toxic that it can destroy water supplies if their poop goes into the water and you end up drinking it, that's bad. That's contamination. Um, so this leads to our second major theme of the book is that even if you're going to eat meat, eat and buy it locally. Uh, one big thing that they mention is like when you have a local uh, farmer or a local entity doing this stuff, you get, you get better quality food. Um, by eating local, you are lowering your carbon food, your carbon footprint. Uh, you get to have conversations with the people that are handling your food and goods. And, you know, having that transparency is always good when it comes to food. Uh, you can get feedback. You can have and, you know, your food's more fresh, the higher quality. But again, one thing that's important, we don't all have access to that. There are, of course, community gardens and rooftops, farms that are becoming popular and that are becoming really important in urban areas but the fact is the lack of access is a dilemma it plays such a big part of the equation 
it's easy for folks to judge people of not eating quote unquote healthy. I am sure you've heard someone on a reality TV show or a reality weight loss show say, just eat a salad or something disparaging like that. But what if you can't get that salad? What if those salad is too expensive for the area that you're living in? What if it's not even in a walking distance, right? There are things that are called food deserts. Excuse me. I don't know where that accent came from. Um, Food deserts, which are defined as geographical areas where access to affordable, healthy food options, a.k.a. fruits and vegetables, are limited and non-existent because grocery grocery stores are too far away. It is estimated that somewhere between 19 and 23.5 people live in food deserts in the United States. That's wild. Um, And, you know, in order to be so just a little definition of what how to qualify as a food desert in order to qualify as a food desert, an area must also have uh, some other criteria. So in an urban area, uh, it's at least 500 people or 33 percent of the population must live more than one mile from the nearest grocery store or largest grocery store, large, large grocery store. In rural areas, at least 50 or at least 500 people or 33% of the population must live within 10 miles of the nearest large grocery store. Um, so all that to say, that's a lot of damn people, right? Um, and But that's just some of the bad news, but all hope is not lost. You know, there are a lot of new innovative ways of getting healthy foods into communities, um, especially low income, especially... Uh, communities that are, are underserved or underfunded. And this is where buying local and supporting your local co-op and community garden, community food banks is really important. Not only good for you, but also for the community overall. If we start funding these things, it'll be a little bit more accessible for those that also need it as well. Um, so, you know, Obsidian, we'll be doing some research and we're going to add it up to a list of things that we're going to produce when we have a newsletter coming out shortly in the future. So look out for that. So basically what that means is that we can all do this together. As Poland also said, but that's the challenge to change the system more than it changes you. So with that, let's welcome the last segment of every episode, which is called our action and accountability prompt. We'd set the groundwork. We set the intention. We did some reflection and visualization. So now it's time to get to action. Uh, so let's see how we can improve our overall wellness one day at a time. So today's action prompt is volunteer at a community garden or food bank or co-op. Let's do this together. So with that said, let's wrap things up. I have to go take care of myself. Thank you again for tuning in. It has been a blast again. As I say, I'm big on collectivism. So please, please, please subscribe to wherever you listen to your podcast. Um, Don't forget to leave a rating and a review. Um, It's super helpful to get others to listen and to grow our community, feel free to share with your friends, your baby mama, your mama mama. Everyone deserves to get this work and get a gem or two. Please follow me on my personal IG, Joe the Wellness Curator, and the podcast IG, Obsidian Mindset. And as I mentioned before, every weekday, we are doing a morning accountability crew known as Mac. This is where you get a little bit of joy, a little bit of fun, a little bit of accountability in your morning, you know what I mean? Um, so 
what you got to do, just follow me at my personal IG and we do it every morning, every weekday morning, rather. Uh, we start, we just hold each other accountable. We get things going. Whatever wellness looks like to you in the morning. Do you need to work out? You might be asking. That's if you want to. As I promote, wellness is more than working out. So if you need to study, meditate, dance, twerk, yoga, journal, pray, it's really up to you. Um, you get to di- dictate what wellness looks like for that day because it is yours. All right. So let's do this together. Uh, there's so much more coming. I'm so excited to do it with y'all. Um, so please be on the lookout. And I just want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you again for picking you today. All right. See you in the morning.